Hey everybody, this is Heidi St. John. I am so glad that you're here on this Monday. This is one of my favorite days of the week because I get to answer your questions. If you want to have your question answered, the way to do that is to reach out to me at HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday. Let's get to it. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. Well, how are you guys doing wherever you are? It is back to school. And if you're watching this on video, look what I have in my hot little hands right here, you guys. It is, you guessed it, it's a copy of my brand new book. It is The Counter to Becoming MomStrong. It is MomStrong 365, a daily devotional to encourage and empower everyday moms. And we are so thrilled that it's here. So if you would like to order this book, you can catch it uh, right now, hot off the presses. It starts shipping on September the 5th. And so uh, if you want to order that, you can go anywhere books are sold or you can order it directly from me, HeidiStJohn.com. And those books will be signed. Anything that is uh, sent to me before the 5th of September, we are going to be signing them. And I've already got a couple hundred of them in the queue. So I can't wait to send it out to you. I hope you guys are blessed and encouraged by the book. It It's, uh, it's a long time coming. It's about a three-year project. And the simple reality is that I I think I grew more writing this book. I was challenged. I definitely, uh, I realized that I don't go as deep into the Bible every day as I would like to. <laughs> so the Lord really used this to challenge me and I hope it encourages you. The idea is it's just every day, it's a little scripture and then uh, some thoughts that I had on it, hopefully that will encourage you and just remind you that God never changes. His word never changes. And I'm so thankful because the world is on its head right now, in case you haven't noticed. So we're not even going to talk about the news today because it's just too depressing. I'm actually just going to spend the entire time today answering your questions and reading your comments. A lot of you guys leaving great comments for me over at iTunes and also at YouTube. So keep doing that. Thank you. Also, uh, several of you have taken advantage of the new options at Spotify. So if you're listening to this show at Spotify, you'll notice that you can leave a comment there, you can respond directly to an episode and those come to my staff and we're seeing them and then they're actually published on Spotify so people can read what you're saying. So thank you guys for doing that. Canada is on the mind of my friend Jen because she lives in British Columbia. This is what she said, is your neighbor to the north? I just wanna say thanks for your comments on the situation in Canada. I listen regularly and it's comforting to know that we are seen. So many people here have no idea and think everything's fine. I appreciate how you always leave us with some encouragement. And I know that ultimately God is with us and our hope is in him. You know, Jen, that's exactly right. And I feel that way many times when I see what's happening in the United States. Absolutely. I feel that way politically. I feel like the country's on fire politically. We are definitely in a bit of a death spiral when it, when it comes to just the acknowledgement of our Constitution and believing that this nation was founded on the principles of freedom and the First Amendment and the Second Amendment. And every time I turn on the news, I'm just watching our uh, our elected officials tear it down. And it's very frustrating. Oh, wait, I'm not supposed to talk about the news. Let's just move on. All right. There was a great YouTube comment <laughs> that was left also uh, on the same episode where I was talking about what's happening in Canada, left by Carpenter's wife. And she said, how is it I didn't know about this podcast? I'm late to the party, but better late than never. I love listening to you, Heidi. I'm still pretty early on in this homeschooling journey with toddlers and babies, which make for exciting homeschool days. 
but I heard you speak at the Creation Museum last year and you have really encouraged me. Looking forward to your new book release from Jolene in Pennsylvania. So thank you for leaving that comment. It's really a lot of fun for me to be able to communicate with you guys this way. And we're making progress here at the Homeschool Resource Center and at Friendly Planted Family. My studio's coming along. I'm still in a bit of a flex situation here. We keep moving my studio from room to room, but we're just excited about what God's doing here. And listen, you guys can follow, and I hope you will, Firmly Planted Family on Instagram. And so we're keeping up with a lot of the changes at the building. We have a wonderful building dedication that's coming up on September 6th at 6 p.m. So I hope you guys will come out for that if you're local and just see what God is doing. I believe that God cares about his kids and they are absolutely being targeted in the culture right now. And you guys have an opportunity to partner with us and see what God's doing here. And we have a passion to help you get Homeschool Resource Center started wherever you live. So check out what God's doing here by following us at Firmly Planted Family on Instagram. Another comment came in on YouTube, and it's from Rhett and and Anata. I don't know. Rhett Panda? I don't know. I can't. You guys and your handles. I can't figure it out. Thank you so much for answering my question. Time is shorter and shorter, I'm realizing. Boy, you right. I've honestly been thinking about making him reduce his schedule down to three days of work. I absolutely love your ministry. Wish I lived nearby. Not to mention, Washington is a beautiful state from Amanda in Arizona. Boy, I'll tell you what, Amanda, you right. Washington's a beautiful state. And you guys hear me say all the time, I'm not leaving until God tells me to leave. I love it here. My family's here. I'm going to fight for freedom. I'm going to fight for our faith and for our families right here in Washington state. And we hope you guys will visit the Homeschool Resource Center, which I like to think is a great jewel in the family of the homeschooling crown uh, right here in Vancouver, Washington. Mindy in Colorado had kind of an interesting question. She said, how should we entangle ourselves with Mormons? They profess to be Christians, and even though their verbiage is similar, we know their beliefs are not. It's everywhere, though. The Good and the Beautiful curriculum is so popular. Is it just me that's unsettled by this, or am I going crazy? No, I don't think you're going going crazy. I think you need to use discernment. You're absolutely right that the Mormons profess to be Christians. And I think that's been a deliberate move, what we've seen happen over the decades. If you look into Mormonism, Mormonism and Christianity bear very similar resemblance to each other, little to no resemblance. Uh, I would say that there are many people that profess Mormonism as their faith that are that I appreciate what they have to say. It doesn't matter if it's uh, speaking into the political realm or speaking into things like uh, socialism. You guys heard me mention the the series on the Tuttle Twins, which I'm a super fan of. Also, I'm not going to belabor it here today. My daughter is using the good and the beautiful. We are not Mormons, obviously. I want you guys to use discernment. And I, I'm watching what's happening in Christianity, and we are just starting to be as guilty as everybody else of cancel culture, which means you say one thing I don't like and bam, it's cancel you. Not going to talk to you again, not going to listen to you. Uh, it doesn't matter if what you said is right or wrong. If this one thing you believe in is wrong, then that's it. I'm not going to I'm not going to have anything to do with you. And I want to I just want to caution you and I keep trying to do this gently, but I'm going to do it one more time today. I want to caution us. We are called to be ambassadors of Christ wherever we go. So if you guys see something in the curriculum in the Good and the Beautiful curriculum that is not good or beautiful, reach out to me. I'd like to know, but I just got done looking through it again, and I still don't see anything that is even alluding 
to Mormonism as the faith that should be followed by anybody that uses that curriculum. So we could do an episode on Mormonism if you guys like. I mean, obviously, um, if you've never read The Godmakers, you really should. There's so many fascinating things that we could talk about when it comes to other uh, religions or cults even. And we can address those things here. But I want to be very careful that we have respectful conversations that we, you know, I had this conversation with you guys a couple weeks ago when someone said, I'm not sure if I should ever do another Beth Moore study because I don't like what she said about Donald Trump followers. And I don't like what she said about this or I don't like what she said about that. Listen, there's some things that Beth Moore said that I don't like either. Does it negate her entire ministry? No, I don't think so. And so I want us to just be, you know, we've got to be wise as a serpent, as Jesus said, and gentle as a dove, shrewd. We want to be shrewd in the way that we deal with people. We want to keep our eyes open. We want to be discerning. And uh, and so obviously, you know, I would not be, if if I knew that my children were friends with another child, whether we talked about this last week, whether it's transgenderism or homosexuality or a faith that we believe to be patently false, I would be A, educating my children, and then I would be assessing whether or not that influence was too much for my children to bear up under. In other words, the Bible teaches us that bad company corrupts good character. If you want your children to understand who they are, you got to train them in righteousness. If you want them to be able to recognize a counterfeit, you got to train them in the truth. And the best way to do that is to read the Bible. You guys get into God's word, get into the Bible for yourself. You can start in the book of John. If you've never read the Bible before, start in the book of John, or as my friend Ken Ham would say, for goodness sake, go back and start reading the book of Genesis. So many of these other religions, uh, they, they hearken back to Jesus Christ but they don't give Jesus Christ the credit. Jesus himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. You don't need another book. You don't need the Book of Mormon. You don't need the Apocrypha. You need the Bible. Read the Bible. The Bible stands on its own, and that's all that you need. Read the Bible for yourself. Uh, I'm going to encourage you. You guys know that I run a ministry for women called Faith That Speaks, and we produce Bible studies there every single month. been doing it now for about five or six or seven, seven years. <laughs> it's been a while. And this fall, I'm going to be taking you again through a study that I did three years ago, I believe, called People Get Ready to Study in the Book of Revelation. Revelation is exactly what the Bible says it is. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. The King returns. We, we could call the book of Revelation the King Returns. It's an exciting book. It's a book about, obviously, judgment, but it's also a book about mercy and the the end of the world, which is really revelation, kind of telling you how things are going to wrap up, is a pretty weighty subject. And there are lots of wonderful Christians who disagree. And I think there are many things that we can agree to disagree on. You know what we can't agree to disagree on? Salvation. That's a deal breaker in the faith community. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes of the Father but by me. Uh, we know because John 3.16 tells us that Jesus is the only one who leads to heaven. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The gospel message is a simple message. It's turn. It's a turning to Christ for the forgiveness of your sin. It's coming to the Lord Jesus and saying, Lord, forgive me. I recognize I'm a sinner. It's turning away from my sin and it's following Jesus.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And so if you guys want to study the Bible with me, I'd love to have you do that. And you can sign up right now at faiththatspeaks.com. Or I, I believe MomStrong International still goes to that website. I'll link back to it in the show notes today. But I'd love to have you guys come along for my Bible study. People get ready. We're going to do that for the next couple of months. The book of Revelation is the only book in the Bible in which you are told that there is a blessing for even reading it, for studying the book of Revelation, and I can't wait to go through it again. These are phenomenal times in which to know the Bible, to understand where our hope is. We don't live for this city, you guys. We live for a city to come whose author and architect and builder is God. And so study with me the book of Revelation coming up starting in September. I cannot wait for you guys to do that with me. We always release those studies on the first Monday of every month. This Monday, obviously Labor Day, so it's probably going to be coming on a Tuesday, but I want you guys to be excited about that with me, and I'm going to be teaching all the way through that study. So join me at faiththatspeaks.com. That's faith, the word faith, thatspeaks.com. In other words, if if your faith found its voice, what would God have you say? I want to encourage your faith to be a faith that speaks. Amy in Texas wants to know, when should they be done having children? How do you know when you're done having children? We have four beautiful, thriving kids. We homeschool. Our kids are 10 to 3. My husband had a vasectomy, but we regret it. Oh, boy. Amy, if I had a nickel for every person that told me that they got a vasectomy that they regretted, let's just say I'd have more money than I have right now. Uh, she goes on to say, we, ha- we regret it, but we had two complicated deliveries which required C-sections and there's so much fear and anxiety, but my heart doesn't feel done. Am I selfish for wanting more and putting myself at risk? When will I feel peace about closing that chapter? All right, so Amy, I'm gonna say to you, uh, I hope that you can receive this in love. We are not to be governed by fear. We are not to make decisions in fear. We are not to be governed in any way, shape or form. The Bible says, that God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Now, that's not an excuse to be foolish, right? So if, you're, if your doctor said to you, boy, having a baby, uh, you're actually putting your life at risk. You know, I'd be praying about that. I'd be going, well, you know what? Uh, we want to be wise, right? So how many people do you know? I mean, this is certainly true of a religion that shall remain unnamed for the sake of not get, going down that rabbit hole. But there's an entire religion that's dedicated to never asking for help from the medical community, never taking a blood transfusion, all those things. We want to be wise, and that doesn't seem wise to me. On the other hand, I know lots of people, a really good friend of mine had nine C-sections for goodness sake. A C-section is a pretty common uh, common delivery method right now. Probably not the preferred one, but pretty common. And we've got a pretty amazing medical system that should provide for you a healthy delivery for both you and your baby. But I don't know your medical situation. And so I don't feel like I can speak to your situation directly that way. But what I would say is, if you're being governed by an irrational fear, that is not from the Lord. And so you guys heard me read out of Jeremiah 29 last week and the week before that, where I was saying, hey, this is how the Bible says we're supposed to operate even in the midst of troubling and difficult times. 
The Bible says, have babies, plant vineyards, uh, reap the fruit of your of your labors. Give your sons and daughters in marriage, have grandchildren. Pray for the peace and prosperity of the city in which you live, because if it prospers, you prosper. And uh, I don't want my kids to grow up in fear. And there's we're going to see it now because they're going to start trying to bring, bring back, you know, the Rona and bring back the mask mandates. And I'm going to have doctors on here. They're going to remind you that those crazy masks don't work. And they forced a lot of people into getting an untested experimental vaccine that's frankly done more harm than good from where I'm sitting. And so, uh, I again, fear is an incredible motivator, such a powerful motivator. And it's not from the Lord. We, there's a healthy fear. But most often, the fear that seems to motivate us is not healthy. So I want, I want us to be cognizant of why we feel afraid and then ask the Lord, Father, is this from you? Because if it's not, show me so that I can make a course correction. An anonymous listener in Iowa wants to know the difference between worship and honor and veneration. This was an interesting question. She said, could you please help distinguish between worship, honor, and veneration according to Scripture? What are the hallmarks of worshiping or honoring or ven- of veneration? Catholics say they don't worship Mary or the other saints, but it sure looks that way. With specific prayers and offerings and songs and bowing and special statues, we say we honor the flag in our country, in our country, but it sure could look like worship. Special songs and ceremonies, special statues, salutes, etc. Is it simply a heart and mind posture? If that's the case, it seems a bit like the transgender ar- argument. I'm not worshiping because I say I'm not worshiping. In other words, the She's she's correlating it to the transgender who says who says I'm a girl because I say I'm a girl. Or, I'm not worshiping because I say I'm not worshiping. So I kind of see what you're saying, anonymous, and I kind of don't see what you're saying. But I want to address uh, what you're talking about when it when it when we when it comes to worshiping things. The Bible is very 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 clear. The Bible says you should have no other gods before me. Now we're prone to worshiping lots of things. And maybe we do it no, not even knowing that we're doing it, right? We're prone to worshiping money. How many of us have sacrificed our Sunday morning because we wanted to go to work or Saturday night? Please don't make it all about Sunday morning and write me letters because that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying there are a lot of times that we give what should belong to God to the world because we really do value that thing more than we value the Lord. But I looked this up and I thought it was so great. Um, BibleTools.org has a really awesome uh, commentary section and you can look, I love also a blue letter Bible, which I'll get to in just a second. But the forerunner commentary had this to say about Psalm 115 verses three to 11. I want to read this for you and then I'm going to comment on it. Uh, Psalm 115 verses three to 11. Our God is in the heavens and he does as he wishes. Their idols are merely things of silver and gold shaped by human hands. They have mouths but cannot speak and eyes but cannot see. They have ears, but they cannot hear. Noses, but they cannot smell. They have hands, but they cannot feel. Feet, but they cannot walk. And throats, but they cannot make a sound. And those who make idols are just like them, as are all who trust in them. Verse nine, O Israel, trust in the Lord. He is your helper and shield. O priests, descendants of Aaron, trust the Lord. He is your helper and your shield. All you who fear the Lord, Trust the Lord. He is your helper and your shield. So it starts off in verse three by saying, our God's in the heaven. He does as he wishes. He's basically saying Israel's God, the God of the Bible is alive and he rules the earth from his throne above. And then he contrasts it to the Gentiles worshiping dead gods 
of their own making, fashioned in the image of a fallen creature, whether that's, you know, the golden calf or whether it's money or whether it's any kind of statue that you see in a church that we're worshiping or falling at the feet of. The, the psalmist here is making this stark contrast between the living God and these idols, which really are just dead. They have mouths, but they can't speak, eyes, but they can't hear. The idol worshiper becomes just like the idol, according to the Bible, spiritually useless. And we don't want that. We don't want to be like that. And the Bible says very clearly, do not worship any other gods. You shall have no other gods before me. But listen to what the forerunner commentary said about Psalm 115. It says, once we get past the context of the times in which the psalm was written, its instruction becomes clear. In those days, idols of stone, wood, and metal, fashioned in the form of an angel, a man, a beast, or a half-man, half-beast, were common. People worshipped before these figures and tried to conform their lives to what they thought its will was. The lesson is that a man can rise no higher and be no stronger than his idol. An idol, which is anything worshipped that is not creator God, is inadequate. It can do nothing to improve what man is. Now compare this to the people who allow their admiration for an athlete, an entertainer, or a politician to slide into idolatry. It's the same thing when we end up worshiping the country or we end up worshiping a politician. Boy, I'm just going to let that sit right there because there is a, a fair bit of that happening right now. Well, what are we worshiping when we do that? Just another frail and fallible human being. Conforming to their idols may well earn them notoriety within their peer group or community, and it might even earn them a great deal of money. In this life, they can become even greater than their idol. But in the end, what are they? They're still just frail and fallible human beings, just like the one that they worshiped. Worshiping anything less than God does not enable us to rise above being merely human. Isaiah 40, also uh, starting in verse 12 to 31, talks about making and worshiping idols, how it is foolishness and a lie because a man-made image can never truly represent the eternal God. So what, wherever it is, if, you, if your heart is grieved, if you feel like, Uh, I'm worshiping something other than the living God. The Bible says, turn from that and turn back to the Lord. Romans 1 uh, verses 24 and 25 says, Therefore God gave them up to their uncleanness and the lust in their heart to dishonor their bodies among themselves, to exchange the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is forever blessed. Uh, Important, important stuff for us to remember that as we go through the word of God and we understand what the Bible says, we know more about how his heart is that we always uh, give our worship and our honor and our glory back to the Lord. This is what we're going to be doing here in just a couple of days at the Homeschool Resource Center on September 6th at six o'clock when we give honor and worship and glory back to the Lord for what he's done here at the Homeschool Resource Center. We're going to be dedicating the building to the Lord and we'd love to have you guys join us Come and see what God is doing, you guys. Even though this world is just rife with trouble right now and we're struggling, as the Bible says, under the weight of our own sin, God is still at work. And I want you to be encouraged. He is at work. He is not asleep. And he hears the prayers of his people. So I hope you guys will come out and just uh, worship the Lord with us. We're going to be singing. We're going to be doing self-guided tours. There's going to be dessert trucks here, all kinds of stuff going on that night. You might want to come just a little bit early to get a good parking place. We'll have lots of things for the kids to do 
The building itself will be open around 7 p.m. for self-guided tours. It's going to be a fantastic evening, and we hope you guys will come out and celebrate with us what God is doing. Listen, God is the only one who's worthy of our praise. It's not a politician. It's not another human being. It's not Heidi St. John. It's not your pastor. It's not your mother, no matter how awesome she is. God says, I am the one who is worthy of praise. And God is committed to his own glory. The Bible says if we don't give him praise, even the rocks will cry out. And so as we end the show today, I want to turn your eyes heavenward to the Lord and remind you again that he is worthy of your praise. He's worthy of studying his word. The Bible says, show yourselves an approved workman unto God who does not need to be ashamed, who can rightly divide the word. How do you do that? You study his word. I hope you guys will join me at MomStrong International for the month of September and October and November as we dig into the book of Revelation. It's a very fascinating study. That study is called People Get Ready, and I want you to get ready to study that with me. You can hop on over to MomStrong International or faiththatspeaks.com. Also, we've got some pretty cool swag over there for the People Get Ready story, and uh, I know that you're going to love it. My friend, Pastor Jack Hibbs, actually has that sticker on the back of his VW bug. It's pretty cool to see. All right, you guys, that's all I've got for you today. I've gone a little bit over time. Thank you guys for bearing with me. I'm going to answer a couple more questions in Happy Hour today, so stick around for that. If you would like to subscribe to Happy Hour, we are also doing a very cool giveaway you can see that I've got in my hands my brand new book, MomStrong 365, a daily devotional to encourage and empower everyday moms. And we are going to be giving away a couple of copies of uh, that book to the VIP subscribers. So if you would like to subscribe to the show, we'd love to have you do it. You just go to Spotify, click on the subscribe button, and that's how you do it. Easy as one, two, three. Hope you guys have a great day. Thank you for listening. Love your people well. You guys love them well. And I'll see you right back here again at the intersection of faith and